In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what His body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. The gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm Director of Ministry Relations for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Well, folks, guess what? I bet many of you already know this. October is pastor appreciation, clergy appreciation, whatever you want to say, however you say it. Appreciation Month. It was established in 1992 with a mission of uplifting and encouraging pastors and missionaries and religious workers. So joining us today is a man who has been in ministry since the early 1990s. Man, he must be super old, probably like me. And he's got his wife with him who recently wrote a blog post and produced a video talking about the importance of of clergy appreciation and the various ways we can show our appreciation. So guess what? Let's talk about it. And of course, here to get us started, to get us going, is my good buddy to introduce our guest, my good friend, Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. How you doing, my friend? Feeling good, but if I'm going to be honest, I think that today could seem like a a show that seems a bit self-serving, right? I mean, I'm a pastor, you're a pastor, and we're like, hey, let's bring on people to talk about appreciating us. You know, I, I happen to be fortunate enough to serve, as you said, at the lead pastor at Christian Fellowship Church here in Ashburn, Virginia. And, and I have some wonderful people who just uh, appreciate me in, in great ways and, and love me. But I think every pastor knows these moments of tension in their life, knows these moments of, of struggle and difficulty, especially because yeah. like every job, there's some unique aspects to each job. And, and pastoral work has some unique aspects and comes with it some unique stressors. Um, especially I uh, think during this time right now, when we think of heightened political environments and so many other things that surround it. Yeah. And so what I find uh, unbelievably encouraging is that there are people very focused on this idea of uplifting the men and women who are called to shepherd them under the name of Jesus Christ. And so we've got two people uh, right here today with us who are are called in that way to do that. And so the first is Pastor Sam Kim. He serves as the executive pastor at Christ Central Presbyterian Church in Northern Virginia. And since 1993, he's had the privilege of serving in the local church and globally as a missionary. As well, we have right next to him, Alice Kim. You can put their last names together and figure out they're married, right? He's a licensed, <laughs> she is rather a licensed clinical social worker at Emmaus Counseling and Consulting Services. You can find out more about them by going to EmmausCCS.com. That's EmmausCCS.com. Very and there, cool. she offers gospel Gospel, I can't speak today, Dennis, gospel-centered <laughs> therapy to the D.C. metro area. She finds deep fulfillment in engaging people's stories and bearing witness to the good work of God to redeem and restore. They've been married now over 19 years, and they enjoy building a home with two teenage daughters. Thanks to both That's of you right. for uh, for joining us today and uh, for talking about this this very important subject of uplifting those who are called to shepherd the people in the church. And Alice, 
the idea of having you specifically on the program was sparked by what Dennis mentioned just a minute ago. You posted a blog post on your website, MASCCS.com, uh, entitled this, How Can We Show Our Appreciation? So everybody has sort of this moment, I think, where we say, hey, I should write about this or I should teach about this sort of inspiring moment. For you, what was that sort of inspiring moment behind what you, you chose to write? Yeah, I mean, first, thanks for having us on the show. And, and in some ways, it's, it might be self-serving too. I feel like it's self-serving for me too, because it's my husband who's one of the pastors. And so, but, but I think it's such an important topic. Um, Amen. There was like a couple reasons that prompted me to write it. Um, I think one in the past year, like hearing stories of pastors who have left the ministry because of um, just choices that have that they've made that have been inappropriate and harmful to the body of Christ. And every time you hear one, I think it's always like disheartening to hear. Um, yes. And then just hearing pastors struggling with whether it's you know with marriage issues or with their mental health, um, just hearing more reports of that. So I think that was one of the reasons. And then, and then in my counseling practice, having pastors and their families come and hearing their stories and just remembering, remembering sort of the struggles that they're faced with, right? And, and they're like human, like any one of us. Um, and then I think lastly, it was watching my husband, especially during this time of COVID, um, seeing him sort of go through his ups and downs of doing ministry um, in such a different way. And I think watching that just, it was really the last one, watching my husband in the last nine months try to do ministry as faithfully as he can um, and seeing sort of the wear and tear that it has. There's joys, but then there's a lot of just um, just struggles, I think, that he was going through. And I think that's really what prompted me. Yeah, and on a personal level, I would just like to thank you, Alice, for being available for pastors. I think uh, differing pastors have different ways that they struggle, but one common theme that I have experienced in my life as I talk with a lot of pastoral friends is many times they they struggle to find some place safe to talk about their struggles, yeah, to talk sure. about that. And finding someone like you uh, who can talk and walk through, who not only understands from a clinical side, but also has an experience of what it means to walk and live and, and have experience with a pastor, it's super helpful. Yeah. And I think you, when you talk about this idea of finishing well, you also alluded to so many times that people don't finish well. They, they have some sort of pastoral failure or they just, they quit before God says, okay, to quit. And, and I think many times people go, well, how did this happen? It sort of comes out of nowhere for the person hearing it for the first time. But when you talk about it and you talk about that, it does happen all the time. Can you share a little bit about a, a what that means and why you see this happening more often maybe than people realize it's happening? Sure. Yeah. I think one of the big things why um, pastors struggle to finish well, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons, but um, uh, one thing that comes to mind is like feeling really lonely and isolated. Um, anytime you're in a position where you're serving people, I think it's sort of not because they're intentionally doing that, but I think there's that potential where you sort of separate, right? Because you're the one that that's giving and, and um, oftentimes people in the congregation look to pastors um, to give to them, right? And um, they sort of put these expectations on pastors. And so I think that sort of naturally creates a separation where pastors are there to give to, to um, the congregation. And so that creates this sense of isolation and loneliness. Um, and, and so I think that's one of the big things. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Sam. 
I think if your experience is similar to like many pastors that I'm aware of is that no matter how much a pastor might say something like, listen, our focus here is Jesus. It is not me. Mm-hmm. There is a human tendency for people to look to someone that they could physically see right in front of them. And the term that I use oftentimes is, is accidentally or on purpose create a substitute deity. And by that, it's me look for the pastor to be what only Jesus can be in their life. And differing pastors sort of process that better or worse in one way or the other. But I think there's certainly some in my life I know, and I'm sure it's the same of yours, when people take a moment out and have these sort of tokens of appreciation for the mantle that you're carrying in that moment, it makes a difference. Could you talk about how specifically in your life when that occurs, it touches you and makes a difference? Yeah. Um, thank you again for having us on. Um, the, the, the word that comes to mind, because whenever a token of appreciation is extended, and it usually means there was forethought, mm. that they, they took yeah. the time to True. do something intentional, yeah. often sacrificial. And, and for me, it, it, it communicates more than appreciation, which in and of itself is, is so necessary. It communicates that I'm loved. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Just, just as we know love by its very nature is volitional, that they, they, are not, they are not bound to do these tokens. Therefore, when they do go above and beyond in that way, and again, above and beyond not being in size, but just in intentionality, sure. it, 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 makes me re- it makes me realize or remember that I am, more than just someone who performs and produces something in ministry, but I am loved as a person, as a fellow son or daughter, fellow brother or sister in Christ. And that actually just brings me back to the gospel that I am loved. Yeah. Amen. And so that's why I think that those tokens, especially the smallest ones mean so much because oftentimes the smallest ones took the greatest amount of thought. Isn't that Mm. true? Yeah, it is. It was very personalized. And and that's why I think the small, it doesn't have to be the big thing. Just like they say in marriage, it doesn't have it's, it's 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 a sum of small things. It's a small tokens that actually communicate large measures and 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 the depths of God's love for me as that Amen. they're being channels of. So that's why I think the small tokens me go a long way for anybody, but especially a pastor. I love your specific thought about thought in that way. Uh, recently, uh, people who belong to Christian Fellowship Church know that I'm a, a belabored, beleaguered Cleveland Browns football fan. Amen. Uh, there's zero. Amen. There's very not a lot to cheer about. Uh, and, and recently, uh, someone well, it's better came this year, brother. It's yeah, better so this far, year, but someone recently in my congregation—it may have been at a garage sale. I don't even know what it was. Just came across some Cleveland Browns memorabilia, and the next thing you know, they just dropped it off for me. And yeah, I cool. don't care whether it that's cost cool. a dollar or whether it cost so much more. It was in that moment, yeah. me as a human being, me as their pastor, came into their mind, and they they were strategic, and they thought, and, and that is so true. And I love your emphasis on the fact that it's not about quantity or cost. It's about thought. Yes. And that, yeah. that looks so different. Very now, cool. Sam, um, you know, there's this tendency sometimes, I think, with, with certain occupations. Um, I think teachers are one of them. Uh, pastors probably fall into that category as well that because we're exposed to them often, our belief about what that particular job does or our belief that whether we could do that particular job is higher or lower. I think there's a lot of people in COVID right now who are realizing that they actually can't do the job that they've been sending their kids to the teacher to do. Uh, and, and, you know, and pastoring is also one of those. Could you talk about this sort of struggle 
of, of what it's like to understand the weight of the work, even especially now doing things completely different due to COVID, uh, that you as a pastor and many pastors that you connect with that they try to do? Yeah, I think um, the, the struggle and the weight um, comes from the, the, the access points that we have in significant milestones in people's lives. Mm. Think of any other profession where you're invited to someone's wedding, you're invited into the, the, the delivery room of their child, and then you're invited into uh, the, the burial gravesite. So when you think about all these significant milestones, and oftentimes clergy are involved in a significant way, there is a level of kind of weight of kind of the, the significance of those moments and also that you want to do a good job. You want to mm -hmm. honor God. You want to honor those involved. And so yes. I think there's that yes. kind of weight that very few professions, I think, uh, maybe can, can comprehend firsthand. You know, yeah. I, I think another kind of struggle that I, I thought the best analogy would be, it's like being in the military, being deployed. When there's long seasons where you're separated from your family, may not, maybe not physically, but emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, and there's a high cost to the family. It's, so that definitely there's a sacrifice both on the one who is serving, the pastor, but also their spouse and their children. And, sure. and, and, and I think yeah. that's another dynamic that, again, unless you're in those kind of professions or fields, uh, you don't really maybe grasp the weight and the struggle that a lot of pastors uh, and their families face. And lastly, I'll add this. What other profession can we think of where you are, you actually, in terms of your clients, your, your colleagues, your patients, they come into your home and you oftentimes are invited into theirs, especially yes. in the moments of crisis. Yes. So even think of the most high stressful positions that a lot of us are, have such high regard for, at least there are those parameters and boundaries, which ministries cross those all those, uh, those in ministry cross those boundaries all the time, because that's the nature of their work. Yeah, yes. I think yeah. you've given some excellent well put. insight well put. Um, to some of the wear and tear and some of the things, you know, um, I'll say this, Alice, um, as a professional counselor, one of the running jokes I have as a lay counselor, when people come into my office, is I said, all right, let's just get this out here right now. Um, you're in my office, but because life isn't going well. Uh, I, I say that I'm the physical embodiment of in case of emergency break glass. You thought to yourself, it's got so bad, I'm going to go see the pastor. <laughs> you know, and so at least if I don't listen, they don't, he doesn't charge me, right? They, I just joke about that because a lot of times, just as uh, you just said, Sam, we find people at these tension moments. We find people at their difficulty and God gives us this opportunity to come in. And that does add to that sort of wear and tear. But in the same way, and I'll, I'll kind of switch back to you, Alice, um, what are some what are some things that you see are some good ideas, not just for the moment of October, but throughout the year uh, to help and encourage your pastors? Sure. Yeah. One of the things that that I um, wrote about, well, there was two things. And, and so I mentioned both. Um, the first one is for pastors. I think it's really important to to find communities where they're known, right? And, and, you know, Sam talked about feeling loved. And so along with that is places where they're really known, not as a pastor um, and what you can do for me, right? Um, how you can care for me, but places where they can just come um, as themselves um, and where they're known, where they can like laugh and where they can just kind of be themselves. Right? Goof and off. Goof off. Yeah. Goof yeah. Off. You know, I think I say it this way. We got to find those.
those places where pastor isn't our first name. That's yes, right. that's right. right. Yeah, that's, right. that's not, you know, attached to, to your name. And so I think they really need that. And, and in those communities to be able to laugh and be themselves, but also have people who will ask them intentional, um, good questions, right? Like questions that, that just kind of go be, beyond the, the um, superficial, the, the outer layer, but really just pursue their hearts. Because I think pastors are in the position of pursuing people's hearts for the gospel and they too, right, need um, people that will pursue their hearts for the gospel and for them to be reminded that they're created in the image of God, that they're created to, um, to bring delight and, and to um, bring glory to God. And so I think they, they really um, need those communities. Um, and then I think also um, they, they need to, like, cultivate things that they enjoy. Um, I think that seems kind of foreign to them. They're always giving to other people, but, but so it seems really like counterintuitive to think of what they enjoy. But I think that's something that they need to be able to, they need to be encouraged to pursue. Um, so whether that's being outside, like picking up a, a sports, um, doing something with their hands, um, like learning a new skill, but just really encouraging them um, to be able to find activities that will give them life um, and give them a sense of satisfaction and joy. And I think, you know, one of the verses that, that really um, speaks to me is John 10, 10, when Jesus says, I've come to give life and life abundantly. And I think pastors need to know that for themselves, mm -hmm. right? And sort of the yeah, physical activities yeah. and interests and desires that they're able to pursue. Yeah. Alice, you know what? Your, uh, your conversation reminded me of a conversation I had a long time ago. I think it was at the second church I served. And this person kept saying, well, do you want me to call you pastor? Do you want mm -hmm. me to call you reverend? And I said, well, you know what, guys? The church gave me reverend, but my mama gave me Dennis. So <laughs> Dennis, Dennis is really okay. So <laughs> yeah. that's right. Yeah. Well, Sam, I, you know, I think not every pastor, and maybe you've had seasons like this, I, I know I've had, uh, aren't in a position right now to get that appreciation, maybe that should be coming. Uh, and in that scenario, there isn't a lack of hope. There's still hope in there. There are some things that pastors can be doing for what we just use the term self-care or self-appreciation yeah. that they can proactively do because too often pastors find them in reactive mode after they find themselves at a level of close to burnout or making some poor decisions in that way. What would you suggest maybe for some pastors for some self-care and proactively making sure that they're in a good place if they need to do that for themselves better? Yeah. Um, I think one that we're trying to, um, uh, we're trying to employ and, and, and embody amongst our staff at our churches. When you're off, really be off. Yes. Yes. Turn off notifications. Make sure that out of office reply is set up. Give yourself no opportunity or excuse to check anything. I think part of the self-care is to mentally kind of really disconnect so that you can, uh, again, be refreshed and, and renewed mentally, emotionally, and recharged. And, and you can't do so if you're still connected to what's draining you oftentimes. So I think that's one thing is when you're off, really be off. And that's hard because a lot of pastors I know tend to cheat, you know. And uh, when you cheat, you're really not off then. Yeah. And you're robbing yourself, you're robbing your family, and robbing even your relationship with the Lord from, from the renewal of refreshment that he longs and desires to give you when you're on vacation. Um, and then uh, just lastly, uh, just I'll just add to Alice's comment on friendship. We don't do a very good job of self-appreciating 
or doing self-care. But that's where I think if there's one thing I will say uh, on top of the spiritual disciplines that will help pastors to finish well, it's the one word is friendship. Mm-hmm. Think of Jesus, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, in the hardest moment apart from the cross, he needed his friends there. And I think there's, I think we can't overvalue or overstate the, the need for friendship for pastors and for those around them, their church members, their parishioners, uh, to really encourage them, to pursue them, and to enjoy them, like Alice was saying, in, in time and resources and so forth. So I think those are a couple of things I would say in response to your question, Brian. Yeah, and Alice, as, as people are listening now on the radio, or maybe someone handed this later on in a podcast, say, oh, this is really good. What is your, I mean, you obviously had a passion uh, when uh, you, you wrote what you wrote on your website. And again, that's EmmausCCS.com, uh, and, and even a video about it. And that way, what, what are you hoping this accomplishes for people and for the life of pastors who are listening to this? Sure, yeah. Well, one is um, just speaking to congregation members, just really encouraging them to see their pastors as human. I know sometimes we see them as superhuman, but they're really human and to see their humanity, right? And to see that they have needs and desires and to really um, uh, see them in that light. And then I think also for for pastors, any pastors that are reading this, even though it's directed to congregation members, but pastors who are who are listening, who are reading, um, who may read the blog, um, just to um, um, affirm them, affirm their um, their desires for community and connection and places where they're known, and then to also affirm their desires to to create life um, outside of the ministry context. And and if there's any pastors that that felt like something was missing but didn't have words for that, then hopefully um, to be able to offer them some words so mm-hmm. that they can um, begin to put into um, words some of their desires and, and, and their longings. Yeah, and Sam, in like sort of the last minute or so, you've alluded to thoughtfulness uh, as key about showing appreciation. Are there some other maybe practical appreciation ideas for people like, oh, I really want to do this, but I'm not a pastor, so I don't know what they'd appreciate, right, it, that, that you can think of that maybe would guide some people who want to pick this up and they want to show their particular pastor that they're appreciated. Yeah, let me reference a resource that our church just put out to our congregation called Bless Your Pastor Movement, if you can just Google that. And they give a lot more creative and more practical and tangible ideas than than I could. And, and just what I was going to say this, this may sound too obvious, Brian, but the, I was thinking of my answer to you this question. How can you support your pastor during this time of COVID? Sign up for things. Show up to things. Don't back out of things. Mm. Your pastor and the staff that work closely amongst with him or her, they're preparing meals for you every week. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a Sunday sermon, maybe it's online viewing, it's a, it's a discipleship class. Sign up early, show up, encourage others to do so. And, and please, when you do show up with enthusiasm and excitement and gratitude, and I think that could really support a pastor during this virtual online time as much as any other tangible gift that many of us have already done. But especially during this time, that's how you can support your pastor, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I know for me personally, as a pastor, uh, Alice and Sam, I felt both encouraged and convicted. There's that part about disconnecting that I do good sometimes and not so good. I may have to have uh, my wife not listen to this because I'm, I'm pretty sure she's going to She's going to clip this part of the radio broadcast out and email it to me every day 
Uh, she might even email to me on my day off to make sure that I'm not watching my email on my day off, Dennis. So uh, hopefully yeah, you were encouraged that I was appreciated, it, I feel like. And uh, hopefully people are learning about the importance of the people who are called to live out the gospel uh, in the ways as pastors and as we are as, as different people who follow Jesus Christ. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you guys so much for being here, for coming. Just also your presence and your attitudes and your smiles and your grace. I mean, that encouraged me and it kind of calmed me. And, and so if, if folks could just um, latch on to that in some way, what was the, tell me again, um, is it EmmausCCS.com? Yes, it is. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. dot com, And also, I loved it, Sam, by the way, um, bless your pastor movement. I think when I first was in ministry, when I entered ministry in 1981, um, there wasn't as much as there is now. So I am so grateful to y'all for doing that and for caring <clears throat> and for loving and forgiving because you're really serving God in a very, very powerful way. So thank you, um, Pastor Sam and Alice. God bless you both. We love you all. Um, hey, folks. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Folks, if you want to hear this again, and I think you should, by the way, uh, call Brian's wife. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but anyway, uh, if you want to hear this again, I think you really should. You can go to goodnewsforthecity.com, and you can listen to it all over again. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Hey, if you want to find out more, you can always call me. I am not in the station physically, but I get my emails and I get my phone calls every day, 703-807-2266. That's 703-807-2266. Hey, thank you guys for joining us today. We'll see you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.